I'm Leslie. And I'm Amber. And you're listening to The The Grim Mystics. Toledo. Holy <laughs> <Only> Toledo. <laughs> We're back. <laughs> That's good. I haven't heard that in forever. I'm going to add that to my repertoire. <laughs> oh, please do. Lots of Toledos. Holy Toledo. Oh, see, but it's hard to say. <laughs> Holy Toledo. We're here. Holy Toledo. <laughs> We're here, kids. We're back. Oh, my gosh. Did you miss us? I missed us. I missed us. I think we're the only ones. <laughs> I really missed us. That is not true. Okay, I'm going to give us all the rundown. So I've had a handful of coworkers ask when we're coming back. I had my sister-in-law, Sarah, notice that we had been MIA for a little bit. My brother-in-law, Kevin, who I didn't realize, he listens to us because he has to drive to Denver for work. So, like, we've taken away his entertainment. <laughs> are, oh, I thought you were saying, uh, like, we are the entertainment. I misunderstood. We are, you. and we took it away. Sorry, Sorry Kevin. <laughs> and... One of my mom's old coworkers and Wendy's mom wanted oh. to know where we were. She literally asked Wendy this weekend when Wendy went camping, when her friends were going <laughs> to post another episode. Oh my <laughs> and, my, God. and Wendy didn't even know her mom listened. That makes me <laughs> smile. Isn't that amazing? That's so great. So we've had, we've had people other than the two of us. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me smile. <laughs> it's very sweet. Yeah. And we appreciate everyone hanging out and being patient with us. Yeah, for sure. The bonus episode should be released at this point when you're hearing this. So you'll mm-hmm. you'll get that our mm-hmm. we just needed a little a little break and you know life was like, hey sucka and kept throwing us curveballs. So here we are. We're back. We're back. We're excited. Let's do the damn thing. <laughs> Heck yeah. Okay. Can so- you tell us? Today on oh yeah go oh. ahead I was gonna I was gonna segue as <laughs> no into you tell it. me no. you you segue you segue no 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 you segue me <laughs> it's like we're new all over again we are new we took a, <laughs> a good hiatus okay all right Amber can you tell us where we're going on the map today so today on the map you have told me that it's in a general region the southwest of North America is where most of this story is going to take place am I correct you are correct all right. So, you know, Amber and I, we recorded this once, like three months ago, and <laughs> um, <laughs> but I switched up my notes a little bit. But I, but for part of my notes, I haven't read since I wrote them like three months ago. So, nice. This is gonna be a fun experience for all of us. Um, this is gonna be a good surprise. <laughs> but I did promise that I was going to um, do this episode. I and now and I knew what episode I had made this promise on. The first time we recorded, and now I don't know. Well, we don't even know what episode number we're on. So let's be honest. Like, it, we're starting over. Yeah, right. It's basically episode one, season two. It's not, but that's basically what it is. Um, so today uh, we are talking about skinwalkers. Ooh. 
the thing that I didn't know what was, and you informed me three months ago what it was, and I still don't remember. That's good. I can't wait to scare you all over again because you were scared when you left my house. That I know. Evening. I do remember being scared, and I remember calling my husband on the drive home. Being like, I'm going to die. Just so I could get, yeah, just so I could get to the main highway that is between our houses because I don't know if I've ever talked about it but like between Leslie and I's house there's one main highway which is awesome to be a part of but to get there through her neighborhood is like through some backwoods weird scary like fields that randomly have houses and people hanging out at the edge of their driveways and I think I'm gonna get kidnapped when I drive past them so Craig did have to stay up with me while I drove home <laughs> last time. <laughs> Luckily, we are doing remote today, so I am home. So no driving for you. <laughs> no driving. <laughs> like I said, so I promised I was going to do this episode. Um, and I've heard about skinwalkers a lot. Um, they're in movies. They're in books. They're on, like, paranormal shows. They, I mean, skinwalkers are, like, very... Uh, to my knowledge, they were, um, we haven't done this in a while, so, like, my vocabulary is shit again. Um, <laughs> they're just, like, they were no well-known if you, like, looked for it, basically. Mm. However, when I was researching, um, I read that the Navajo culture actually doesn't like non-Navajo cultures to talk about it. <laughs> um, oh. There, there are a lot of um, stories that are told only in tribes and so they're not told to outsiders and so i am going to be very uh intentional during this episode and if that i mean it's a way to preserve their history and their legends and so i'm just just that's a little warning i'm tr going to be very intentional this evening while i discuss this with you yeah <laughs> we always want to respect different cultures and communities we're not here to make anything a you know, a mockery or anything like that. We want to make sure that we're respecting everything that we talk about, whether it be stories or people in certain cases. Definitely. And, you know, when I was, some of my sources, like, because I was trying to be, like, so respectful, like, legendsofamerica.com, like, I was trying to use, like, very um, public sources because mm -hmm. I, my hope is that that information is okay to go out, you know, I don't, hopefully, I hope. I hope I'm sorry if it's not. Mm -hmm. And so the big sources that I talk about, like I said, legendsofamerica.com, um, the Travel Channel has an episode on skinwalkers on, an, on a show called Paranormal Declassified, which is season one, episode two. Um, and then there's a TikTok creator that I'm like obsessed with. Um, and uh, <laughs> he, his like handle is at, at that one cowboy. And um, I'm going to share some stuff, but he lives, um, I think he's in New Mexico and he, he like has some skinwalker experiences. Ooh. So I'm going to share some of those. So what are skinwalkers, Amber? Skinwalkers are something that you told me about and I have kind of forgotten, but I do know that they're scary. <laughs> Good enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, so skinwalkers are uh, folklore like I said, that have been passed down um, by the Navajo tribes for generations. In stories, these creatures are called Yinalduche. <laughs> I hope I said that right. I'm sorry if I didn't. So I wrote down mm -hmm. the, like, pronunciation. You laughed, but it literally, but that's, I mean, it says Yinalduche. 
Well, I mean, they're they're Hopefully. they're pretty no, no. douchey uh, species. <laughs> so. I'm white. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> so that that term uh, translates to "with it he goes on all fours," which just sounds gross. <laughs> Yes, it does. Uh, <laughs> Sounds a little douchey. <laughs> um, these creatures are thought to be witches who have the ability to shapeshift and change their forms into animals or humans or whatever they desire. Mm. So it kind of bums me out that they're being associated with witches because I like to believe that I'm a witchy person because I grew up with two of my grandma's best friends were very into paranormal and witchy and all that stuff and i remember i mean and they were they would full out like if you were ever in downtown loveland like they wore like full out flowy gowns all that stuff and like i was this little like child running around with them downtown loveland while my grandma was getting her hair done and like they would give me witch's brew which was really just like a lot of milk with a little bit of coffee and i never told them that i hated it <laughs> but i felt cool because it was witch's brew but like that's a bummer, because, like, witches are cool, and these guys don't seem so cool. Well, I think it's, like, anything. I mean, there are, like, cool people and, like, not cool people, you know? Mm, it's just the bad version. Mm. Like, there are good witches and there are bad witches. <laughs> just like Wizard of Oz. Are you a good witch or are you a bad witch? You know? I mean, I think that that mm -hmm. thought goes can go with anything. Some people just suck, generally, so... <laughs> That's true. I'm just a bummer. Let's be nice to the good exactly. witches and ignore the bad ones. <laughs> <laughs> so like all good scary stories, uh, these creatures only come out at night, of course. Why would they come out during the day? And primarily <laughs> sightings of these creatures occur in like desert areas. So the Southwest, you know, part of the country, things like that. Some of these mm -hmm. creatures are have thought to have been human healers or like spiritualists, which is, you know, whatever, warlocks, whatever you want to say and um, chose to use their powers for evil, uh, so then turned them into these cryptids. It's thought skinwalkers can be both female and male, but are mostly male. Because they're douches. <laughs> Just kidding to our five male <laughs> listeners. <laughs> In order to become a skinwalker, they have to complete an evil task, such as, are you ready? Kill a family member. <laughs> Oh, God. Or, like, have, like, sexual relations with a family member. Or... Nope. Like, Can't just do it. Tru truly evil, you know, things like that. So being a skinwalker... <laughs> oh, man. Is it obvious that we haven't done this in six months? <laughs> <laughs> it keeps, like, multiplying. Like, it's literally been, like, maybe a month and a half. And we've said hey, three months I and know. six months. I'm the queen of exaggeration. We know this. So. <laughs> personality trait um <laughs> uh being a skinwalker like i said they have the ability to transform into an animal of their choice uh usually these animals are coyotes wolves cougars bears or even dogs oh. <laughs> in or in order to shapeshift they have to wear the skull or the skin of the animal that they choose to shapeshift into hence skinwalker because mm. they're wearing their skin mm. <sighs> smacking my, my mic sorry my hand talker um it's said that you will know when you are interacting with a skinwalker while they're in animal form because they might like look like an animal and they usually they like don't 
walk normal or stand normal, but they have human eyes. So imagine like a dog with like human eyes. Ooh, that's creepy. <laughs> yeah, I don't like. <laughs> Skinwalkers also have the ability to control the living, living animals and spirits of the undead to like help them find victims. So they just have like a a little troop of dead people and animals. If they're like, hey, go go find me one, and they'll they'll disperse and find their prey. So those uh, who have claimed to have experiences with skinwalkers say that they like knock or bang on windows um, of homes and cars at night. They've heard like scraping noises on like the roof or the door. Like and mostly they are they're supposed to like jump out on secluded roads at you when you're driving intentionally trying to cause an accident or oh my god (laughs) or or like cause you to stop your car and like help them okay i don't remember that part and i feel like if i did (laughs) i wouldn't have driven home that night i would have stayed at your house (laughs) because your the drive home is scary (laughs) and i would have been so paranoid (laughs) and secluded (laughs) yes and i think like not that night but a different night there was a cat that ran across the road and I like literally <laughs> slammed on my brakes so I would not hit this cat. And I know it wasn't the time we talked about skinwalkers. I think it was the time before, but still. <laughs> if it was, man, your spirit guides would be fucking with you so hard. That would have been I would hilarious. Have my pants. I would have pooped my pants and had to re- get a new car <laughs> because I wouldn't have been able to clean it. <laughs> Well, I'm so glad that it wasn't that evening then. (laughs) Uh, That's so funny. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, like, (laughs) basically they suck. And um, once a skinwalker has control over a human, it's thought that they, like, will kill out of greed or anger or spite or revenge or, like, boredom. Like, literally for any reason. There's, like, no reason why they do this. They just do it, basically. So could you say that, like, every serial killer is a skinwalker? No. No, because, like, when you're, because you're, like, ultimately possessed by, like, these creatures. Okay. I was going to say, because then that could be, like, an explanation of why serial killers are a thing. They're all skinwalkers. Remember, people just suck sometimes, Amber. Mm, That's true. (laughs) So not only do these creatures suck because they will, one, like, kill animals Mm -hmm. and wear their skulls to fuck with you. They also are known to have rituals or like festivals almost. And at these rituals or festivals, some pretty like terrible stuff happens. So these rituals can include corpses of women, cannibalism, incest, digging up graves, like the worst possible party that you can ever fucking go to occurs at these rituals. Yeah, you thought that that high school party you went to when you were in, you know, underage and drinking warm liquor was bad. (laughs) Just go to one of these. (laughs) The worst party you'll ever be invited to, I can assure you. (laughs) And um, to just sum up, you know, skinwalkers in general, um, they have like insane speed and insane strength and are basically thought to be like uncatchable and untraceable. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Not something to not be scared of. <laughs> I can shapeshift into whatever I want, and I can catch you. <laughs> you can't hide. <laughs> well, and it sucks because they will, like, bring you in because not only can they, like, shape shift their bodies, but they can 
alter their voices. So, like, you'll think that you're hearing, like, a dog, but it could potentially be this, like, creature. Oh, my God. I'm never going to go investigate any noise or anything that I see or hear. <laughs> if you are if you get kidnapped around me, I'm sorry. <laughs> you're fucked. Yes. <laughs> and... And the clue, which I know we said we were going to, like, repost or throw in the bonus, Mm -hmm. um, but the clue was something like, just because the sound is familiar doesn't mean that it is what it is, or it it was something to that effect. And that's kind of where it comes in, because it it can be like, there have been videos, um, services, like, online, where someone will be, like, out in the middle of nowhere, and all of a sudden you'll hear, like, hey, and it'll be, like, a human voice. Yeah. Or like calling for help or um, like saying your name. Like, I mean, they, but in a, like a familiar voice. I mean, they're, they're sneaky little mm. motherfuckers. So. No way, Jose. So they can either like lure you out by thinking that someone is in danger or like someone that you know is like trying to call to you. They just suck. Like all around suck. In the Navajo culture, uh, skinwalkers are basically responsible for, like, bad farming, illnesses, like, bad weather. In that culture, from what I read, it sounds like, you know, you can blame those creatures for multiple things. Mm, Okay. And so, like, as stories and sightings have progressed today, it doesn't sound like there's, like, a lot of, like, death. (laughs) Like, it doesn't sound like they lure you to these festivals of incest and necrophilia, Mm -hmm. like how the stories used to be. Now they more of sound like they're kind of just like tricksters. Like uh, they just want to scare you and not necessarily like come to my cave. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Oh, so they've come down in their old age. I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and they're supposed to like live forever. So maybe they've just calmed down in like our age. Their I don't know. age. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like, these people are already doing a lot of weird shit. Like we don't need to add to it. <laughs> I can't add to that chaotic fire that is. Yeah the american life so i'm just gonna yeah. be over here 21st century's gotten weird it was more fun when nobody had electricity exactly people weren't filming us all the time yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right hopefully there will be a smooth enough transition so i won't have to put elevator music into that clip I love I love the elevator music though. That it gives me life. I think it's so funny. It'll just give everybody an idea how much yeah. we struggle. Like people will understand that the struggle is genuinely yes. real for us. <laughs> the Wi-Fi decides when and when how it wants to work and we can never figure out why. Yeah, we're at mercy of the mm-hmm. of the Wi-Fi gods for sure. All right. Are you ready to continue? Ready. So like I said before, because I'm trying to be respectful, there there wasn't a lot of um, research information that I felt comfortable putting in to this episode because I didn't want to step on toes. So I scouted my favorite website of all time, which is Reddit. Yes. And um, the first time I pulled like really recent uh, skinwalker stories, if you, there were three of them that I told you, Amber. And they were good. They were all right. They were pretty scary. <laughs> well, in the time that I have had, I've been able to zhuzh. Ah, zhuzh means more scary. 
That's what that means for Leslie. Zhuzh means more scary. <laughs> it does. <laughs> so, um, I've got some new stories for you. Yay. So the first story uh, that was posted on Reddit, and I want I want to say, because they're posted on a public forum, I feel comfortable <laughs> sharing them. I don't feel like it's yes. a big secret that I am supposed to be, be keeping quiet. So, <laughs> As long as we credit them, I think we're good. Here, here. <laughs> the first story uh, was posted by a username called Darth Varda. D-A-R-T-H-V-A-R-D-A. Darth Varda. Okay. Um, <laughs> All right. I don't know if we'll include this, but it's a new day. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Internet was not liking us again. <laughs> Shocker. So. Instead of trying to force it to work at nine o'clock when we both had to go to work the next day, we decided to split our recording because we can do that now with our timeline. <laughs> Such good choices on our part to fix our schedule. Good job, us. <laughs> like we are the ones that decide that and make this company. <laughs> <laughs> so the first story is called the Mojave De Phone Booth. Cute to scary music. Sometime in the 1960s, a lone phone booth was erected in the middle of the Mojave Desert, what's now known as the Mojave National Preserve. Its location was uncanny, centered at the junction of two remote dirt roads, nearly 10 miles from the closest paved one. The booth lived well into the 90s, when it gained immense popularity from the internet in 1997. I guess you could say it was one of the first instances of something going viral. It didn't live long past the millennium, though, and was demolished without warning in the early 2000s. As for the reason it was built out in the actual middle of nowhere in the first place, well, some say the booth was a replacement for an old hand-cranked magneto set up in the late 40s near the Simacinder mine for use by the miners who lived in its vicinity. Others say it was used for more nefarious reasons, to serve secret people doing secret things in secret places. And that's what got it so popular in the 90s. They had to shut it down for fear of someone finding out its true purpose. Me? Well, I'm not so sure what to believe, but I do have a story to tell. So, picture this. It's 1987, and I'm an unlucky college kid stuck in the middle of the desert. My janky-ass 83 Honda Prelude had broken down, again, and at the worst time, too. The sun was starting to set, painting the desolate landscape around me in thick swaths of color. Above me, the stars were popping out, staring down at me like too many eyes. There was no moon on account of it being new. So it was just me, the desert, and the stars. Sure, it was beautiful, but it did nothing to stop my growing worry. See, I'm half Navajo on my mother's side and grew up hearing lots of lore, or untold to outsiders, about the desert from my grandmother, about the things that lived there, things that only come out at night things that are bad. Being out there in the desert at night was damn terrifying to me. And as the sun set, I could feel the fear bubbling up in my gut, clouding my thoughts, making me paranoid. So there I was, broken down, hungry, hot, scared, and walking. Where to, I didn't know. I just knew I couldn't stay where I was. That the chances of someone driving by at this time of day were far and few between. I didn't want to stay in my car until morning. 
I wanted to get going back to Arizona, back home. And in case you've forgotten, there were no smart cell phones or even stupid cell phones in the 80s. I had to find a phone or someone who would take me to one. I had an old flashlight buried deep under the piles of trash and old clothes that were in the backseat of my prelude. So I dug it out, locked my car, and began walking. I walked for, oh, an hour or so before I started to hear something else walking too. It sounded small. My flashlight only cut a thin beam of light into the darkness, but I spotted what was making that noise. It was a coyote. It looked hungry. No, it looked starving. I flashed my light onto his little body, making its eyes glow and tried chewing it away, flapping my arms around to make me look like some idiot bird. I was terrified, and when the coyote didn't move, I decided to keep going, turning my back to it. This was a bad, bad idea. When a coyote crosses your path, it's best to stop your journey right there, turn back, hide, wait it out until the sun returns. As I walked, trying to maintain my composure, I could hear the coyote following me. Suddenly, there was a whistle, like someone or something was trying to get my attention. I chanced to glance back, and what I saw almost made me piss myself. The coyote. It was standing on its hind legs. No, it was walking on its hind legs, like a human would. And it was smiling. As I watched, it pursed its lip and whistled at me. But that wasn't what scared me the most. Its eyes. It had human eyes. And they were looking right at me. I took off running as fast as I could toward nowhere in particular. Behind me, I could hear the coyote running too. I saw something in the distance, something rectangular and large, and I ran towards it. Next to me, sprinting on two legs, was the coyote. It was laughing. The coyote was laughing, like a human. Now, I'm not going to say what I think that thing was, but it scared me to my very core, and I was sincerely afraid I was going to die that night. I still have nightmares about it. I realized I was running towards a phone booth and scrambled inside. Instead of picking up the black receiver, I hunkered down, crying, afraid of what might happen next, thinking of things I had heard as a child, of things I don't dare repeat, not now, not ever. The coyote stopped a few feet from where I was and sat back on its haunches, its head cocked to the side, listening. A flash of light, headlights, and the coyote was gone. A single shriek of laughter rang out through the night. A black sedan drove up slow. In it was a middle-aged man with wood-colored hair. He flashed his lights again and slowed to a stop. I wondered how I must have looked. Crouched low in the booth, face covered with snot and tears, scared dumb. The man was climbing out of the car. He killed the engine, but left the high beams on, pointed directly at the booth. Despite the heat, he was wearing a primly pressed black suit complete with a black tie and shiny black shoes. Break down? He asked, checking his wristwatch. I stood up and opened my mouth to reply, but before I could, the phone rang behind me. And it rang loud. And it scared the ever-living shit out of me. The man seemed to chuckle at this as he ran over. Sorry, it's for me, he said, pushing past me into the little booth. So fast I nearly fell out. Hello? He looked over at his shoulder at me, checking to see if I was listening. I was. He didn't seem to mind. Hello? speaking. No, no problems. I'm on its tail. Yes, sir, I can contain it. When? He checked his watch again. Now? Really? All right. Uh Uh-huh. Nope. No one else here. Just me. He met my gaze and winked. Go for lunch in three, two, one. The ground beneath me started to shake. It was subtle at first. Nothing more than a slight tremor. 
the tremor crescendoed into what I can only call a small earthquake. It lasted for no more than a minute, until finally, there was a booming noise. Then it was gone, like it never even happened in the first place. The man hung up the phone inside and turned back to me. Seen anything spooky tonight? He asked. And from the way he said it, I couldn't tell if he was joking or not. I decided not to say anything. The man considered me for a moment, then said, Come on, I'll just give you a ride. He walked over to his car, slid inside, started it, and then yelled at the window, Well, are you coming or what? I walked over and popped the passenger side door open. He was listening to opera music, and it was bad. But I guess to each his own. He had to move a pair of muddy cowboy boots and clothes out of the front seat so I could slide in. I noticed he had this enormous belt buckle, a wolf howling up to the moon. He pulled out onto the dirt road, turned that goddamn awful music down, and asked me where I was from, what I was doing, where I was going. I told him all the while, giving him directions to my janky-ass car. He jumped my engine when we got there, then followed me all the way to the nearest gas station in his sedan. On the off chance I broke down again, I watched him leave. He headed back towards the direction he had come, back towards the desert. He was a good guy, sure, but I never saw him again. Still, I wonder what he was doing out there to this day. I wonder if he had any kids or a wife or what his job even was. If he's still alive. All of that. Well, there it is, my story. And like I said, I don't really know what to believe. I'm hesitant to say anything more about the coyote. Maybe it was just a walking dream, or maybe it was something more sinister. Something I don't want to speak of. I don't know. I don't want to know. The location of the phone booth was also pretty strange. It really was out in the middle of nowhere. I didn't see any houses or other structures nearby. I have no earthly idea where that man came from, or how he knew someone would call him, or why he would want someone to call him out there. And I guess I'll never know, especially now that the booth is gone forever. All I know is that I'm never driving through that goddamn desert ever again, at least not at night, or even close to it. As my grandmother always said, the coyote is always out there waiting, and coyote is always hungry. The second story was posted by a user named INUK Shaken, and it is titled, I was in prison for 15 years, and there was a skinwalker in there with us. A little background first. I was serving a 15-year sentence in a penitentiary in southern Arizona. What I was in there for isn't important. During my stay there, there were countless things that happened that no one could explain, and even more that no one wanted to know more about. It all started with a prison legend. Supposedly, years ago, something awful and unexplainable happened in the prison. Every morning, we'd be woken up and expected to stand near the front of our cells, while guards visually confirmed we were present and accounted for. Apparently, about a year before I got sent there, the most brutal and unexplainable thing happened during one of those routines. A man who had a cell to himself looked very off during this check. When a guard pulled over another guard to help him check it out, they found it wasn't actually the prisoner they were expecting at all. It was a totally different man. This man was wearing the skin of the other man over him, loosely fitting, draped over him. Apparently looked like a real monster. The scariest thing, though, was the guy wearing the skin was not an inmate. They had no idea how he even got into prison, let alone a cell. What's worse is that they couldn't even figure out who the hell he was. He wasn't documented anywhere. And what's worse than that, they never even found the body of the man of the skin he was wearing. 
Pretty grisly stuff, I know, and I realize that's not the go-to definition of a skinwalker, but that's what the prison called him, the skinwalker. It didn't help that the guy never talked. Anyway, that's what started the whole skinwalker superstition around the yard. Apparently, the guy got shipped to a different spot about a month after it happened, and just about everybody in Gen Pop felt all the better for it. I heard about the story on the second day of my stay. Hell of a story to hear to place in your home for the foreseeable future. Now on to the real shit, though. Sure, that guy was the skinwalker, but all he did in the long run was get an old lifer Navajo inmate to tell everyone about actual skinwalkers. It seems like a lot of the prison culture actually revolved around them. Now apparently, skinwalkers are tricky to point out on the spot, but if you manage to survive around one for more than a minute or two, almost everyone can tell the mannerisms are all off. They can mimic human speech, but not replicate it. They twitch maniacally. They have an unnatural gait while walking, but apparently they got better with experience. The old Navajo guy, his name was Carl, said that he was sure there was an actual one among the prisoners. Slowly picking us off over the years, he called it the Grand Master Skinwalker. Apparently, he thought it had human mannerisms down so well that you might not even be able to tell if it was your own cellmate for a day or two. He would expect a skinwalker to jump at any opportunity for a kill, but this one realized it had a revolving door of people to kill coming to it, and masterfully it bided its time, as Carl thought for years. A lot of guys found humor in it. A lot more were really on edge about it. Every once in a while in prison, people snap. Sometimes you'll find your cellmate swinging in front of your bunk. Sometimes you just can't take it anymore. But in our yard, people tended to snap in a very special way. It wouldn't be an outburst at dinner or a silent suicide at night. Guys would just stop talking, hunch over and shuffle around. Any friendships they had would be mostly out the window. They would turn into a loner during rec time. They would let their hair hang in front of their face. No one liked to talk about it. Like if they did, it would happen to them next. I felt the same way. I didn't know if it was a skinwalker or just people going crazy, but I didn't want to find out. It wasn't clockwork or anything, but every time someone snapped in this way, it wasn't more than a couple of weeks before they were shipped off or transferred to God knows where without anyone else knowing beforehand. Then there were the nighttime occurrences. Short, loud bursts of sound echoed through my cell block during all hours of the night on a regular basis. It sounded like a mix between a pig's dying squeal and nails on a chalkboard. Just another thing no one liked to talk about. Even scarier were the shadows and the footsteps. The block was dimly illuminated in the night by a few lights hanging from the ceiling outside the cells. I myself saw shadows flit across my walls on a regular occasion. One time, near the end of my sentence, I woke up, looked at my back wall, and found a perfect silhouette of a person standing there. And when I looked, my bunkmate was asleep, and no one was outside my cell. In the footsteps, everyone hated the fucking footsteps. They were the scariest part. In the night, sometimes, more rarely than the shadows, you would hear ungodly, fast footsteps. They sounded like wet feet slapping on tile floor. Whatever caused them would fly from one end of the block to the other in a dead sprint. Whatever it was, it was inhumanely fast. If you happened to be awake before it started, by the time you heard the footsteps on one side of your cell and whipped your head around to see the thing run by, it sounded like it was three cells past you. Everyone hated the footsteps. I thought they were the worst. 
I was released from that place about a month ago, and I have more stories than I can count. I swear it was nearly my turn, about a week before I was discharged. My cellmate and a good friend of mine snapped, in the same kind of way. I didn't sleep for an entire week. Well, I did sleep, of course, but never for more than a few minutes at a time. Never turned my back on the guy. The scariest thing? I woke up one night to him somehow snaking his body through the bars of our cell. For reference, I couldn't get anything past my shoulder through them. The worst part? He was coming back into our cell. On the day of my release, I didn't say a word to him. Just left. He seemed fine with it, but so was I. I had made it through. Fifteen years of prison fights, gang disputes, and for all I know, skinwalker abductions. I left through the front gates a free man, and as I walked along the fence of the rec yard, I spotted my cellmate standing off on his own, like he had for the last week or so. I shook my head, not even really sure if it was him anymore. I took one last look over the yard, this time from the other side of the fence, but I wish I hadn't. There, standing off on his own, on the other side of the yard, was Carl, slouched over, eyeing the other inmates and twitching maniacally. Well, I'm really glad that we didn't try to continue our internet because it was, like I said, 9.30 at night and these stories were terrifying. (laughs) If we would have been able to get through both of these stories, I would have cried (laughs) and not slept that (laughs) night anyway. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay, so let's talk about the Mojave phone booth one first. Yep. Oh, oh my God. Like, I, 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 I have so many questions for this human. First, why are you out in the desert, like, late at night? Well, he was driving, wasn't he? He was he going was, home. He was driving, but, like, why do you have to drive through the desert to go home? Get a new job where you don't have to do that. <laughs> yeah, duh. Yeah. Obviously. Like, that's, that's not good. <laughs> I mean, I commute for my job. I go, I drive about, I mean, with traffic, it's about an hour. But there's, there are people and there are places all in between. I don't think there's one spot in my commute where if something happened in my car, I would be like, well, gotta walk through this isolated area. (laughs) Well, this is the end for me. Okay. (laughs) Right? (laughs) And that's sad, too. This person, by the end of it, was like, this might be when I die. Like, I don't (laughs) know. How I've that's just that's a terrifying and like the skinwalker is pretty much what that was right and they just didn't want to say it right um no way I uh, one I'd be terrified if I saw a real coyote um in the wild because just like that person was and and I didn't know don't turn your back on it so good good information yeah. there um but for the to lock yourself in a phone booth and just come face to face with this creepy thing that's laughing at you and enjoying your fear like no well and that it was like walking and like standing on its hind legs yeah. and like, like when you start running and it's running it's keeping up with you yeah and the sanding thing that's like skinwalker 101 right like they mm-hmm. are supposed to look like these animals but they have like human tendencies still mhm i wonder what that is too like so they're so they're so like I don't know if smart's the word, but they're good enough to like disguise themselves and hide um, in plain sight, and like you know they can mimic th- like sounds and things, so they can do that. 
but like they forget what they're being or something so then they're like oop I'm standing up better better go back to being a coyote or is it like a fear thing and are they doing it to just scare the shit out of you I think it's like I think they're tricksters like I said oh. I think they want to like just creep you the hell out and so they'll do so they'll do whatever they need to to like spook, spook you oh my goodness okay see that makes that makes sense yeah that's terrifying well and then so he meets this random cowboy which again i was like oh no it's another skinwalker <laughs> i was like no don't trust this person and then the launch like what was that <laughs> i know i got some like serious like dean and sam winchester supernatural vibes from that <laughs> for sure <laughs> oh my god i just yeah, like what? What? <laughs> I know that, and I mean, I get why this person, like, what at the end they said, didn't they say like they don't really talk about it or anything like that, and they haven't talked about like what they saw really publicly since. I wouldn't either. Like, no way. I would just hope it was like a a what is it in the desert? A mirage. I would just hope that it wasn't <laughs> like I was walking. It was hot. When like, you're like hallucinating. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Like I would 100% for my mental health, I would lie to myself and say that. <laughs> What's funny in, in the comments on that Reddit post there, because there are like phone numbers that say that that's the phone booth number. And so people will like call the phone booth and get like a person like, but they don't say anything. They'll just be like, hello. And then like nothing. They're sure they're not just prank calling random people. <laughs> I mean, maybe I think if it it's the same phone number. So if it was a prank oh. call, I feel like the person would be like, stop calling me. You know, yeah, it, it's like the eight, six, seven, five, three, oh, nine phone number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, that's creepy, too. See, I would be so scared to even do that. Like, because clearly uh, this phone booth, it like attracts some sort of like paranormal stuff. Negative energy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So why would you call it, including in an era where like spirits and demons and all of that are learning how just like we're learning how to use electronics they're learning how to use electronics yeah, right so why why would you even like open yourself up to that if you know it's negative no way i didn't call surprisingly well, i'm very <laughs> glad i would there would have been a lecture in this second part <laughs> no no like I don't know. I'm all for like connecting and being open for stuff, but like not the negative stuff. Yeah, for like, sure. For sure. Yeah. Like I have to know the situations are nice. You know, like I'm cool with Lucy pulling my hair at, at the Stanley because I was making jokes, but it's not like she threw me across the room and all that. Like there's, you know, Lucy is also a trickster, but she was a, a child trickster who didn't like that I was making jokes. In, from that episode if you remember yeah but ch child ghosts or spirits or entities are the worst because like are they actually children or is it something disguising itself as a child to try to make you feel like comfortable oh i've never thought about it that way Fart. <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry i thought that was like a known thing sorry <laughs> no i'm literally like oh yeah lucy in her cute little dress is just like she really liked that tour guide and pulled my hair or maybe she thought my husband was cute <laughs> sorry Aww, no now it is a demon now i can never well i'm gonna go back but now i have to like sage myself before i go cheese and rice. right may the power of christ compel you yeah for sure all right should we talk about the prison story now yeah my fave out of the two oh by far my lanta 
you got really good stories. I think that one's so interesting. It is. And that's like, I've never thought about it before. Right, right. That's a perfect spot for something negative to live and breed. And it's true. Like it said in here, like it's new victims. Well, and like for me, when I would think of prisons and being haunted, I would think of like demonic or negative things. I never would have thought of like a cryptid being able to like get out of the woods and go into like a shelter and just feed around, you know, like that's what's crazy. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, if you think of it in like a survival of the fittest kind of way, that that cryptid is smarter Uh, than all the others because it's having food brought to it and then it's just like hopping to the next one when it's done with with it it's like one of those what isn't there like there's a bug right that like it attaches itself to is it like other bugs or it's like mice or something and it takes it like it starts out by just like attaching itself to their skin but eventually it's like a parasite and it goes into the brain and then it it like it controls the animal's brain and then kills it, and then it like go, it like slithers off to the next one. Oh my god! You've never heard of that? If I have, then I have forgotten it. Okay, hold on. I Par- put it I'm in the back Google of my it. head. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> That's worse than a freaking skinwalker. Ugh. Oh, there are there are ten. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm looking at an article from the BBC right now. Ten sinister parasites that control their hosts' minds. Oh yeah, it's the uh, there's zombie ant fungus, so they like control ants. What? Oh, but that's not the one I'm thinking of. Here, I'll just read all of them, and then maybe I'll remember. It's the kamikaze horsehair worm, and it needs like a grasshopper to do its bidding. So it literally controls the central nervous system and drowns the cricket. Fear unlocked. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. So like, they're they're here as bugs. <laughs> great yeah oh my god yeah there are a lot of them oh my god this is terrifying but yeah so this prison one is just like terrifying and i feel for any inmates that experience it um and i never i mean i don't want to go to jail in general but i never want to go now that i know they could just be like looking <laughs> and poor carl yeah. <laughs> poor, poor carl. carl i know the whole situation where he was aware of what was happening, which makes me think that he was a target. Yeah. If the skinwalker is smart enough to like go into the prison and just have like a whole feeding system, they're smart enough to know when someone's on to them. So. And then they just, again, because they're tricksters, like they just like mess with them. Yeah. Yeah. No, that one, that one is unfortunate. And you're, <laughs> I mean, I wish I could make friends with someone who like, worked in the jail or something like that and i could like be like hey keep an eye out for this and tell me about it but like don't come to my house and tell me just like tell me over the phone (laughs) just in case you're infected i've got a good in you do all right friends well that is leslie's uh skinwalker episode good job that was awesome yeah finally done finally out (laughs) finally out (laughs) Um, so I have a clue for everybody. I'm so excited. It's been so long since I've had to guess. I know. I've had a lot of time to think about it. So my clue is even a group of anarchists did not want to hang out with this person. 
Hmm. I think I, <clears throat> I think I have a guess. Let's hear it again. Even a group of anarchists did not want to hang out with that person. Ooh, okay, I'm excited. <laughs> so we will again post things on Friday, uh, post the clues. Uh, please, please, please uh, comment what you think it is. And we are going to get back at, you know, really wanting people to follow us on our social medias, leave reviews on Apple iTunes, because that is the best way for us to get out there and, uh, you know, get to communicate with some people that we might not know directly. Yep. And grow and, you know, um, subscribe and, you know, you know the spiel. So mm -hmm. you hear it at the end of every podcast that you listen to. So if we could just like copy and paste what they say and send it here, <laughs> do it for us too. <laughs> and there you have it. And uh, we'll see you in two weeks. See ya. Bye. Bye. The Grim Mystics was written and produced by Amber Skrbic and Leslie Gregg. Cover art was done by Leah Taylor. The Grim Mystics theme song was written and produced by Bear and Abby Golden. You can find the Grim Mystics on Instagram at the Grim Mystics. You can also follow the Grim Mystics on Facebook at the Grim Mystics. 